Hey everybody, we are Martin, Robert, and Francis, and this is Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head, rent-free. Welcome back to Snakes and Otters. This is episode 77. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. So it is Code of Honor Day. Yay, so we are back uh, at Studio R here in the atrium. Um, We are ready to roll. So... Listeners, how this usually works, uh, Francis or I start out, and Robert the Hammer finishes the job. We all each have a quotation that we love for whatever reason. Who the heck knows? Uh, we might only slightly like it. We might be absolutely in love with it. We don't know. Uh, we don't overproduce these uh, too much. We'll plan a little bit ahead of time in our little show prep that we always do for every episode. But not so much. We just kind of say, we don't know where this is going to take us, but we understand. Oh, like we know where any of it's going to take us. Well, that's us. really, that's exactly <laughs> that's it. That's part of the fun. Well, that's what fun. we think is entertaining about all this, yeah. is yeah. that we're going to keep you listening, uh, because you're going to learn a little something, and you're going to realize why it's cool, and become educated along the way, and better people. Or want to fight us. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> but I'd like to think most or reasonable people argue. will agree with us. Maybe not fight with us. Maybe argue, argue with us. Oh, yeah. I'm like okay to, with that. You'd like to dispute us. They would like to contend would, with us verbally. I would like I to would think like that. Uh, push forth a contrarian position that is equally valid that we may not have thought of. That's a very good way to put it. And yeah. the listeners... Well, I doubt it's valid, but it's all right. Might be. <laughs> might be. <laughs> you don't know that. We would very much like for you to do that. Yes. Because you can hit us up. Uh, we'll just mention again, it's still fairly new. We do now have a our, website. Our website, yes. Snakesandotters.com is out there. It's a, it's a blog. And you can uh, follow along there. And we've got some posts that relate to some of the well, episodes. Well, you can always email us. We've, we say that at the end of every episode. That's true. Now, we all have individual emails now. That's so right. So if you want to send me an email that you don't want the, these two guys to, to see or hear, you know, because... If you want to talk about how great I am, and you don't want them to see that, you know, we might get our so feelings great. hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just email me at Robert at Snakes and Otters. And, and ladies, I, I prefer you email me directly at Martin at Snakes and Otters. Oh Lord, we we, we tell your <laughs> wife. Uh, she listens. Actually, I think you leave your wife she as a has, listener. Uh, yes. Well, you know, sometimes she has limited choices on her listening in the car. But oh, that's well, true. that's okay. She's, she's might, actually very wonderful and, and very indulgent of, of Snakes and Otters. She understands the passion. My yes. wife is as well. She listens to it. We'll play it sometimes. Spotify on the TV at home, and she's very accommodating on that. And she'll and she'll even because she knows both of you guys, and she'll say, "Really." You know, she's, you've actually gone up. Your stock has risen. Wow. And my wife's... Hey, hey, hey. That's a big deal. That's, That's right. That's a big well, deal. She didn't... She, she knew you pretty dang on well. Well, you know, it was a low bar to begin with. Well, so. <laughs> well no, I mean, to, to rise in the estimation of, of Mrs. Francis is... That makes it all worthwhile. That's, well, that's great. Well, she is the greatest of all. What was it Reed Richards said about his wife? She's the strongest person I know. Yes. I can say that about my wife as well. So, And your email is francis at francis snakesandotters.com. Correct. I was eventually going to get there. Yes, yes. It takes us a while sometimes. We that's get right. there. So, you know, and kind of in the spirit of modern uh, social media, you know, I'm kind of the... the the heathen one, the weirdo, the, the the nut job on Twitter. So I'm glad you mentioned that because each of us have a have a, a title at the end of our name we haven't mentioned that begins with H. Yes. Yes. Uh, you, the heathen. You, Martin the heathen. And uh, Robert the hammer. And I am, for lack of a better term, Francis the humanist. Stolen from Thomas More, who is you know yes, one of the oldest. In the Thomas More sense of humanist, not that is correct. Not a Gene not Roddenberry. Secular so, not yeah. That's Erasmus. That's, uh, Erasmus is good. Yeah, Erasmus, you, you know, you all know me. 
I'm going to go for Thomas More. That's just Thomas what we Moore. do. That's right. But everything ties together. It's a whole. It's a unified. It's unified field theory. Oh, all, very good. It all that's, works together. That's right. Thank so you. It's a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Yes. Very, very excellent. Actually, not all that pointless. We've come to understand, but that's okay. All right. So, guys, Francis, would Am you I like to first? go first? Am I going first? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a good idea for me to go first because we talked last episode about Friedrich Nietzsche and a lot of his contributions. We were talking uh, in our show prep for this one that we didn't go all that deep with his philosophy because, dang, who's got that time? But we also talked about the fact that he's very well known for his aphorisms. He's eminently quotable. So we kind of all decided, well, let's not, why not go there? If we can find something that fits, yeah. let's go there and, and either... Uh, admire it for its uh, astuteness, perhaps pick it apart, perhaps repudiate it even. But I'm going to do the one that everybody probably knows because it's it just kind of out there. And, and I'll just mention that on my list, listeners, there's at least three niches. Right. So I have, I have Already before list. we ever started yes. this. That's right. And the whole list of aphorisms ready to go for these episodes. I have at least three Nietzsche. See, but you've not used him yet, have you? No, I've no, not, no, 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 we've not used so. any Nietzsche's. I, I long ago kind yes. of threw out my, my list. Nietzsche, Orwell, and P.J. O'Rourke. <laughs> you've, you've done more than a few P.J.'s. <laughs> and Ronnie James Dio. I'll figure out through these. So. Yeah. Well, I decided to do the one, the obvious one, because this is the one, if you asked a, a person on the street... What is what is the Nietzsche quote that you could pull out? If anybody could pull out anything, I don't even know who he is. But if they do, they probably know this quotation. Uh, it's at the very beginning of one of my favorite movies, Conan the Barbarian, by one of our heroes, John Melius, the director, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, the John movie Milius. that made Arnold the star. You know, what is good in life? That's, well, that's exactly. Everybody knows that. <laughs> that's not the Nietzsche quote, though. No. <laughs> it sounds a lot like Nietzsche, and it could have been, but that's actually John Melius. You know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Conan, destined to bear the jeweled crown of California upon the troubled brow, but. See, I did that a few episodes before, and you guys didn't get it. Now I've been waiting for that laugh. No, I don't think I've ever heard of that. I said it the several crown episodes. Of California. The jeweled crown of, of California, California upon a troubled brow. That's right. I'm wow. stealing. How did you guys miss that? I don't know, but that's. Oh, my God, that's awesome. I always thought so, so I made it up myself. Thank you very much, I'm, although somebody's probably I'm, used it. I'm clutching my chest and laughing. That's right. It, 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 it oh is my, just I'm so cool. the <laughs> let, let, let me move my chair just a slight little bit down so. Uh But anyway, yes. Uh, but you all know the movie. We all love that movie. I yeah, mean, yeah. It, it was oh, uh, yeah. it was fantastic. It was, it was, Emilius was great. It, it might be one of Emilius's finest achievements because he was in full charge of that movie. Yeah. Uh, more so than it's any, his vision. It's his vision, very much so. Even uh, probably more than uh, what's uh, Howard. Oh, Robert E. Howard. Robert oh, yeah, Howard. he he channeled Howard very well. That's somebody else. I mean, I've loved Howard's writings. I discovered Howard's writings just before that movie came out. I knew him from the comic books from yeah. the seventies, but I had not read the original Howard until probably late seventies. And realized, oh crap, this is powerful stuff. Uh, in many respects, he created the sword and sorcery genre. Getting yes. off on a tangent here. Uh, nevertheless, he, Melius, for whatever reason, decided to use this quotation from Nietzsche at the very beginning of the movie. If you come late to the cinema, you didn't see it because it's not actually verbally mentioned. One of those title card type it's things. Right, it's actually before the credits. It's the beginning of the credits. Uh, it's, it's right before you know, Dino De Laurentiis presents. So it's right at the very, very front of that. Uh, and it is the quotation. It, it, it very much is... 
in keeping with the theme of that movie because Conan is... He, he goes to the deepest of depths and rises to the highest of heights. That's kind of the journey. It's the hero's journey in many respects. And that's what this quotation... I'm stretching it out a little bit just to kind of... A bit. Keep, keep, a bit. A bit. Keep the tension going here. What is come he on, going to on, say? Come on, come on. Okay, fine. Come on, we got dinner coming. Let's go. You're killing that's me. That's You're right. killing me, Smalls. That which does not kill us makes us stronger. There's the quotation. I'll repeat it again. That which does not kill us makes us stronger. If you ask anybody on the street anything about Nietzsche, they're probably going to go there. That is probably his most well-known yeah. quotation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's something that's everywhere. I mean, that unfortunately even got printed up as a Nazi flyer. Oh, yeah. It's, so it, it's it, been it used for anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's a reason for that, gentlemen, and I want us to explore that. Is It's very Darwinistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, and yeah. it's, and you might even say that's anti-humanistic, but that don't mean it's wrong. Well, it doesn't mean it's right either. Well, that's like to think of a lot of that's where I want to go. Examples of how it's wrong. But yeah, so I mean, for instance, when, when I say wrong, I'm sorry, inaccurate. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's well, that's that's what I should have said. It's inaccurate. Not, yeah. Okay. Because, Bring it on. So, as a for instance, because this is very timely uh, in this current pandemic, you may get. COVID-19 and survive. Yeah. But you may have some serious long-term health issues as a consequence. That's it very will, true. It, you may conquer it, but you may not do well after it. It will not it doesn't mean it will make you weaker, but it doesn't necessarily make you stronger. I think the, the better way to interpret that is anything I uh, <clears throat> anything that doesn't kill me, yeah, it could make me stronger, but I think anything that I overcome makes me stronger. That's what Nietzsche would be trying because to there's, say. Because yeah. there's a word missing. Oh, what is that? Mentally stronger. Spiritually stronger. Not necessarily, like you said, not necessarily physically stronger. Interesting. It, it makes me stronger on the inside. I don't know Nietzsche would have limited it in any way, but I think we can. Well, so. but I think where he's think probably he going is what we talked about last week. And that's that being that best version of you, becoming the best you that you can be. Uh-huh. That's, I think, the essence of what he's trying to say. If it doesn't kill me, I can learn from it and make myself better because he of it. Recognized- There's a lot more to it than it automatically makes me stronger. Oh, well, yeah. Well, in many respects, if you want to Christianize this, this is a good way of doing that. Oh, he'd hate that. Let's do he it. He would. Let's do it. I knew you'd love that. The power of redemption... The power of redemption is so powerful, in fact, it has the ability to for us to remake ourselves, not on our own, but with God's assistance, into that better version. Constantly. We're yes. constantly, the sins that we commit inform us and we that we repent of, of course. It's in my weakness I am strong. That's exactly oh. it. That's right. That's a St. Paul thing. Saint that's Paul. not a, that's oh. not a Robert thing. No, no, I knew, I knew you were quoting that, so I was going to press you. Give me who that's from, because that's, that's right. awesome. That's right. Well, the yeah. thorn that is in my side, as St. Paul himself would say, is constantly urging me to do things maybe I wouldn't have done otherwise. Or more to a point, and this is going back to the human condition again, is there ever been a story that's worth listening to? And if you do any writing like I've done, like Robert's done, you recognize the, the concept of a structure of a story. that does. If it doesn't have conflict, it's not worth reading. If it doesn't have something that happens to your characters within it, I'm speaking of fiction here, why are you bothering? 
uh, most of the really awful writing that has been spoken of in these recent years, because anybody can put anything out without ever bothering it, you know, thanks to the internet, most of the awful writing that has risen here often rises to the fact is you're talking about something that's boring. <laughs> and it's boring because there's no conflict. Conflict makes us stronger. Or the uh, conflict's super boring. Well, a nothing burger mm-hmm. conflict. Interesting. I hadn't oh, thought about it. Was it a nothing what? A nothing burger conflict? A nothing burger conflict. Give me an example. Can you give me one? I don't know. I mean, I know we're kind of putting you on the spot there, but... I mean, you know, a conflict uh, of a character against his or herself, but it's like, well, okay, but why is that a conflict for you? Just make a decision. Well, it's poorly. It would be poorly written because man versus self is one of those archetypal exactly. conflict. And if it's done well, let's uh, if, I, give me. If a, the I, conflict is never expressed, that's a nothing burger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If it's entirely a philosophical internal conflict, you're right. Just make a freaking decision. Well, Hamlet's yes. a good example. I was trying to think of a good example. Yeah, well, Hamlet Hamlet's is the much, ultimate, the man who could not make up his mind. Yeah, that's the ultimate man versus self. Now the play is much more than just that but that's that's kind of one of those key pieces right because you know without Hamlet we don't have Rosencrantz and Guildenstern that's right I mean isn't that half the point of that play that's correct well they're dead (laughs) they're dead (laughs) anyway that's correct so I think one of the great things that that we have come up with that is very Nietzschean is that just like we talked last time about uh, truth is all in the perspective yeah the meaning of the quote is all in our individual perspective as well. That's right. Now, and now that I think is a universal truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I know he doesn't like the universal truths, but again, so what? Well, if everybody does it, doesn't that make it universal enough? At least well, from our the, perspective. The, the concept is yeah. universal. He he repudiates that. He says there's yeah. no such thing. But yes, I think uh, how we apply that uh, is very much. Yeah, because it strikes me that there's a a serious precondition to the truth. To that aphorism, that which does not kill me makes me stronger, provided I'm reflective and will myself, to use a Nietzschean phrase, yeah. to be stronger. Oh well, I, I, do I, I learn from it and apply it? Yes. Oh, that's I mean, very I true can, because you I can, can still survive it and yeah. be st- and not learn a damn and thing not, from it. Exactly. Well, the whole concept of making the same mistake over and over and over again, which, uh, you know... Was Einstein saying that doing the same thing over and ma- expecting a different result is insanity? Well, that, that flies in the face of Nietzsche, doesn't it? Because well, Nietzsche would say, shouldn't you, you know, that which doesn't kill us makes us stronger... Provided you actually reflect on that experience. See, the, that, puts, that puts the onus of... So Make they're, a they're big not, I don't think they're in conflict. Of being, you only right get you only get stronger if you have the will to do so. Yeah, it's not automatic. Nietzsche would say it's automatic. And again, it's we not, disagree with that. It's not physically. You cannot do this physically. Even well, mentally, sometimes you can't. But I mean, it's definitely, not, it's you not can't reduce. You can't reduce it to that. It it's might a, be, but it's not. It's not by definition that. Yeah. Well, and, but I think that's how it was bastardized. Well, the Darwinists grabbed a hold yeah, of it yeah. and, and applied it that way. And uh, maybe there's some truth. I don't. I'm not going to necessarily say that it's not possible, but I will say that it's not. It's not fated that way. It's it's not uh, guaranteed to be that way. Uh, we have to. What what Nietzsche has done here, and this is notorious for the way he works. He's pulled the God equation 
out. That divine spark that we believe within inside of us that allows us to be better than our animalistic natures, that's God. That's what we as Catholics believe anyway. That ability, the better angels of our natures, that's what Lincoln would call it. Well, that's, that's, that didn't come from us. That didn't spring from us whole cloth. That's God within us that we have allowed to reach a certain level of preeminence. Because as we all know, many never do. You know, you mentioned a very interesting name there in Lincoln. Yeah. You know, Lincoln would have been essentially a Nietzschean contemporary. You're right. He was. He was just slightly before him. Just slightly. Yes, I mean, somewhat older. Well, well yeah, Lincoln Nietzsche dies would have in twenty when in the middle of the uh, Civil War. Well, so. that's right. Yeah, because Nietzsche really did. I mean, Nietzsche's post. Uh, Franco-Prussian War, which is 1870, which is five years after Lincoln's dies, but that's but close enough for government yeah. work, as they Nietzsche say. Nietzsche would have certainly been aware of Lincoln if he were was aware of American politics at all, but not the reverse. I don't think. Well, yeah, but right. Nietzsche True. hadn't risen True. yet. But True, but Lincoln's, I mean, Lincoln's life, his work, his legacy, at his this legacy point. stands very contra to Nietzsche. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, Nietzsche, again, we, we talked about last time, this struggle to put the world back together and to make sense of it and to have a sense of, of value. And here's Lincoln saying, you know what? We don't have to worry about that. Ironically, he's doing Every, the same thing. Everyone has value. Yeah. And... Quite the opposite, in fact, from Nietzsche. Yeah. And Lincoln is doing the same thing. He's trying to make sense of the world that has gone mad, which is what uh, what Nietzsche is doing as well. Although Nietzsche is a little bit more after the fact, Lincoln's more in the moment. But it's the same. But Lincoln chooses an entirely different approach. He's saying, "No, everyone does have value, and there is a, an objective truth. And one of those truths is the dignity and say he didn't express it this way: the dignity and sanctity of all human life." Because ultimately, you don't. And go, all humans deserve freedom. Well, that's that. that you don't have to earn freedom. You don't have to. That's earn a freedom. Place freedom is an extrapolation from the dignity yes. and the sanctity of life. It is. It is a result, Ooh. but it's not the cause. Wow. The wow. cause is the dignity, and sanctity of human life. And Lincoln is very clear. In fact, you don't make the Emancipation Proclamation without that as an underpinning, even if you can't articulate it, because Lincoln would not have used that terminology. But ultimately, it's no, exactly it, what he's saying. No, but also, you know, Lincoln is also known for saying, "If I could, uh, if I could save the Union by freeing the slaves, I would. If I could save the Union by keeping them slaves, that I was would. in eight. That was prior to eighteen sixty-one, though. Whereas by the time the Emancipation Proclamation has come along, he's learned enough. That well, was is just that like, truly? A I'm grown into this, or is that more a political thing? Because remember. It's both. He frees the slaves yeah. in areas that they don't control. I truly believe he he does have that political mindset in in, in mind. It's it's not, but to reduce it just to that, we know that's not the case. He's met with Frederick Douglass and many of the other abolitionists yeah. at this point, and he has but the learned. Union is what's important in this. Well, yeah, he doesn't see them as mutually exclusive, right? But the union is paramount. That's correct, and I think in he's, all of this, and I think what he has learned is the fact that this. The Union only stands or falls. It really was about slavery all along. Yes. I mean, I think that you're right. Initially, no, he's not There's there. tactics and he's strategy. Not there. And, and he is. We don't give enough credit to his political abilities. Right. 
Um, but yeah, I some, think sometimes he, he does get there. The and, movie Lincoln with that Steven Spielberg did yeah. was astute with that. It yeah. recognizes I, his practicality. Yeah, I think he understands. He comes to understand that the only way to save the Union is to free the slaves. Yes. Yes. And, and so right. and he realizes those were always the same thing. You know, again, listeners, we we're just going off on all of this. This is code of honor. We are not, and we're you, not. You bring up Lincoln, and it's just like, boom! You know, this huge thing. Well, in, in, in fairness, Lincoln. don't forget because you guys know the schedule. We're going to do a special two-part Lincoln exploration in 2021 that's going to go really deep with a lot of this stuff yeah. uh, because he is that much he really is one of the greatest men that's ever walked this planet and I try not to say that too often although I sometimes do because in his case it damn well applies so to pull this back around to your quote yeah that which doesn't kill us makes us stronger uh, you could say that the struggle on the Civil War is a great example of that uh the, the struggle of the Civil War yeah. nearly killed the Union. Nearly destroyed. Nearly destroyed the whole idea. And for of many, it did. A free nation can determine its own destiny. Right. Oh, well, that's right. Yes. Gettysburg Address. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yet, out of the ashes of the Civil War, we emerge as the United States, not these United States. Right. We drop that SE. You know, we right. are no longer. Plural. We are now, one. Now, United States are, or it, you know, we are now the United Singular. States is. Right. It, the rise of federalism is what has happened with that. Well, and that was that was part of the philosophical. It is argument. the rise of federalism in the sense that national policy is now binding on the states. But right. I think it's more about we now have a more of a unified. Uh, View a national identity, a national, we, we a are, true national identity. Right. Not Again, a you bring this up all, all the time, Robert. That before the war, you would have said, "I'm a Virginian," "I'm, I'm a Georgian." Now you say, "I'm an American." Yes. After the Civil War, that's right. You know, and and wow, that's just good stuff, Francis. I mean, you, it's like I, well, I can't believe we ended up at Lincoln from Nietzsche because well, it is the anti. Anti-Nietzsche. In many respects, yeah, he predates, predates him, but in many it's respects, great. he's from the same crucible. Uh, slightly different, but... I don't know. I, I don't know how to call from the same crucible you know, because the, the American so politics and experience oh, is so different from the European. It is, but ultimately, it is in, as Lincoln would say in the Gettysburg Address, we were in the midst of a national uh, conflict. Nietzsche was, too. It was just slightly post He's in the midst of a, what is our identity when all these people have died? The apocalypse of of Napoleon does not really influence American philosophical Because at the moment of Lincoln, it's going through its own apocalypse yet again. And Nietzsche sort of too, and we talked about this in his episode, the apocalypse he's facing is post-Napoleon. It's Franco-Prussian War. It's Bismarckian in many respects. And the world has changed, although they've come out of it, but it ain't never, you know, yeah. it ain't never going to be the same again. Author- he's, he's rebelling against authoritarian structures. Whereas Lincoln, I mean, I guess people argue that he implemented an authoritarian structure. But we don't really see it that way. I mean, no. Uh, that, but, I mean, people You who, could make that argument. I mean, that was the South's argument. He's a tyrant. Well, if you do, it depends. And, and Nietzsche's running from a from technical standpoint, sure, of course, there's truth to that because... He suspended the Constitution as, I'm afraid most people don't even realize that, but he did that 
because it, the whole concept of war powers came from Lincoln. Because well, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to win the damn war. Uh, that's why you suspend habeas corpus and you imprison the entire legislature of Maryland to make sure the damn boys don't succeed. <laughs> Secede. Yes, yeah. because it's really bad if your if your national capital is surrounded by foreign powers. Well, that's exactly right. Yes. So sometimes the ends does justify the means. In this case, well, it, well, practically speaking, certainly not morally speaking. Yeah. And the entire to try and equate the two is to miss the point. As so often is the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Francis, man, that was good stuff. I knew you'd like yeah, that. I'm still not entirely sure we. we how we got there in a, in a good way, but we certainly went from Nietzsche to Lincoln. That's it was great. It was great. Just kind of happens, you know. I love ended well, up. Well, well, yeah, absolutely. We are all devotees uh, of of the great emancipator himself. He's one of the greatest. If you had to put make only one person the greatest American ever, you'd probably have to say it's Lincoln. I, I, I'm still on Washington. That's but a, it's it's a bookend. I it, mean, there's a reason correct. that it was Washington and Lincoln's birthday. That's Absolutely. well, that's exactly right. That's the only, those are the yeah, ones we celebrated. That's well, correct. You can make an argument that they are both the father of this country. Yeah, I mean, Washington makes the promise, Lincoln fulfills the promise in many ways. That's yes. very good, sir. I had not yes. heard that one before. I, I'm rocking and rolling today. You're the Ayatollah of rock and roll, sir. <laughs> and speaking of which, it's your turn. Yes. yes. Well, before I get to my turn, let's do bourbon talk real uh-huh. quick. Uh, so I poured. Uh, a glass of uh, Maker's 46 from Robert's uh-huh. Collection. Very nice. Very, very nice. good. Very good stuff. The only makers I truly, really love. I mean, yes. <coughs> regular makers. No, wait but a to minute. me, regular makers is a mix. Wait a minute. I was just in your kitchen in there. and the it was biggest, given to me. I was going to say, the biggest bottle you have is a humongous hunga chunga thing of Maker's Mark. It was given to me. Okay. Well, yes. that's my right. former pastor, when he left, uh, he, he gave each of the each of his uh, deacons a uh, a bottle of bourbon. I was because I noted because I noticed you you've often said that that it's a mixing bourbon and you're just not a big fan. I'm yeah, thinking, wait this, a minute, uh, this well, but the forty six is a good bourbon. Yes, this Maker's forty six has a good chew to it. I'm really enjoying well, it. Well, Robert has and the I, best selection. And He's I'm, got the most variety. Yes, we're here. listeners. We are back here today at. Uh, uh, Studio St- R, Studio in the atrium. R in the atrium. Yes, I, I love the atrium. We, you know, really, this is the best. I, 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 not to, to boast, but I mean, we we have the best view here. Yeah, we really have, do. We have a good. Oh, view. absolutely. Yeah, we're looking back over your backyard. There's a there's a nice uh, trees in the distance. There's a there's a thing behind it. It's it's good and stuff. We see squirrels on your deck. It's, That's right. It's a very pleasant view. Yes, we yeah. actually had one in the pool. We had to fish it out. The pool is where oh, the, the, no, the squirrels really. go to sacrifice themselves. Oh, man. Oh, oh, over the, this past year, I think we've, we fished out maybe a dozen or that's a half a dozen of them. Too. That's, that's oh, a shame, too. A half dozen little squirrelies yeah. drown in the pool. That's sad news, man. Well, part of it's because we've got uh, the issue with the holes. and you know The liner's got to be replaced. That's why it's the condition it's in. And You have mentioned that. When yes. the water is down, they can't get out. And so they eventually... Just can't swim any longer. Yeah. Darwin is so it's partially it's... my fault. You need but, to get the cover on. Uh, well, or get... I can't because eventually the water's going to go down this low because of the holes in the liner. So there's no point in even putting a liner uh, a cover on that. It's going to be pointless because yeah. eventually that that will cause it to collapse because uh, that all that weight no. pulling it down in the center. 
That's a downer. Let's switch back. Yeah, let's, let's get... Sorry, sorry. Francis Skip bourbon. a bit, brother. Skip a bit, brother. That's yeah. right. Francis That's has right. got a glass of bourbon neat. And I have some ice in my well, uh, Maker's 46. Last but. episode, I went to the Maple. I decided, man, you can only do sweet so much because I kind of felt a little guilty. You know, we're supposed to be of a mature intellectual. At our ages, we should be past this you know, kid stuff. We're also at the age where we're the hell we want. Thank you. That actually helps me a little bit. But I decided to pull one that I only had once... It's the Four Roses. I think I've only had it once, but it's really, really good. It's it's a lot lighter than I expected. Yes, it is a much uh, lighter caramel color than, than the others. Uh, it is. Uh, when I brought the glass in, you knew exactly what it was. Yes, it is the lightest of the, the ones that I have. Yeah. But it's excellent. I think I said it before. It's, Very much uh, so. It's a great value. If I've had it more than once, it's not been often, I can tell you that. Hmm. Uh, so I decided, let's, let's go there. Well... And I've gone back to my uh, my Woodford Reserve, uh, the double oaked. I'm nearly done with this bottle. It probably won't be long before I. Uh, Are you suggesting you need one. some help? No, 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 no. I need no help to get through my Woodford double oaked. <laughs> fine, fine. You might need but, help buying the next bottle. Yeah, I might need help in buying the next bottle. Yeah. <laughs> some contribution. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a GoFundMe page. Ah, oh, there you go. The Snacks and Otters Bourbon Fund on GoFundMe. There you we go. We raised some money to buy bourbon. There you go. Now that's an idea. Well, you know, that would put us almost everywhere. Corporate sponsorships, you know, just all you got to do is provide the bourbon for us, and we'll talk about you on on, on air. That's, that's not right. a problem. Well, we, I mean, people I, I, whore ourselves out for bourbon. I'm <laughs> aiming a little higher than that. I am hoping for actual fundage someday because we're going to pay for producing all that merch we want to do, yeah. the snakes and otters merch. But, well, that's true. That's true. But, but yeah, I mean, it, if you have a bourbon, Hello Distilleries. If you have a bourbon. Let's talk. That's right. Yeah. Let's okay. talk. Because there's not a, there's not a single one we won't try. We'll try, and uh, you know we we have lawyers. We can work out a contract. <laughs> <laughs> you so silly, sir. <laughs> we gotta you know we can talk. We can make a make an agreement here. We can you know send a little fundage, a little. Well, what, little what was it? They said to Godfather. Money. When did I ever refuse an accommodation? Of course. Anyway, right. so my turn, right? It's your turn, Martin. Okay. I'll just get right, right to mine. And this, it, it plugs right in to what we talked about last week with Nietzsche. All things are subject to interpretation. Whichever interpretation prevails at a given time is a function of power and not truth. Ooh, that sounds so Nietzsche. It is Yes, definitely, I mean, yeah. it's very perspectivism. It's very, there is no such thing as truth. There's only your perspective on the truth. Yeah, um, the will to power, all yeah. that, you know. So, I mean, to me, this is, boom, this is 2020. Um, this is how I view things to try to figure out who's full of crap and who isn't. You know, you, you can't take anybody at face value anymore. You've got to try to figure out what their interpretation is. What is their power? Oh, that's where you you emphasize the first part of that quote more so than the last part of that quote. No, no, no. Not necessarily. I, the power part is important. Because that's where I kind of naturally gravitate towards. Well, that's that's how you that's how you impose that particular interpretation. Yes. And that's how it becomes the default. Yeah. And that power is not necessarily the power of the state. It can be power of social exactly. uh, uh, social pressure. Yes, uh, it can be. Well, that's good. Because that's very good. power is a malleable idea here. Um, your power isn't necessarily a power over me, but 
in some way, you have a power. You have the power of a public podium. You have the power of something else. Power is a blunt instrument. It's morally not neutral. always. No, oh, no, 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 no. no. Just, no. Well, yeah, well, power I, itself, I mean, no. yes, the exercise around. is not. Because any act is never morally neutral. I don't think it can be. It's either good or bad. Yeah. Uh, if it does no, it can be at very minimum just, you know, by not doing bad, it can be a good thing. Uh, but acts can be judged. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things, and power is a thing, yeah. is not something that has a moral character. Right. right. It's because, it, well, power has to have an object. And well, the exercise does. The, yes. the exercise yes. of power, yeah. It's, yes. Well, yes. itself is morally neutral, but the exercise of it has to have an object, and the morality or immorality of the act itself depends upon the object. That's a question. No, and that's not very Nietzschean. Well, that's, well, that's kind of why I'm throwing it out there. I wouldn't say, well, maybe he may go there, but I would say that it's not the the object that determines the morality. It's the effect on the object. Now, okay. now the source of power can also be right. moral or immoral, good right. or bad. Right. But it's here we're talking about the exercise. Because really, power in this case is authority, is what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and authority and power have, again, they have different meanings. When you say power, you say authority, people immediately think, I'm talking about the government, the state. The state, yeah. But there's power beyond that, too. Again, oh, the, much. The, the power of, again, a public presence or a, a, a public... Uh, public, opi- public opinion. Yeah. Or, in or and of itself. The mob. A platform, a public platform. Yeah. Social media influencers have power. power. The press has power. Um Lots of snakes and otters. We have great power, and we use it wisely. Right. We we have, with great power comes great responsibility. Must also come great responsibility. Thank you, Spider Man. That's right. <laughs> yes. So we are Uncle Ben. Uh, Very good. So there's lots and lots of uh, power, and that power always gives an interpretation to an event. And again, this goes back to that same idea of two people can see the same photograph or the same video or the same event. And had different interpretations of what they saw happen. Yes. Um, Eyewitnesses seeing an accident. I was going to go there. You will yeah. never get the same story. You don't get the same story. You know, it's all perspective. Um, you watch that same video of President Trump uh, during his illness, and some people see one thing and some people see a different thing. Right. And that interpretation and, and putting that spin, as they call it, on an objective event... Well, but all right. So I would say this: that's the that's the thing, though, because I think he's presuming something that is not uh, an absolute. Because what we're talking about is the meaning of the event. Uh huh. All right, and that's where the interpretation is applied. It's fungible. Right. Right. I the love meaning we fungible. get. I knew you'd like that. That's one of my favorite words. I thought you'd like that, yeah. The meaning that we give something is what is up for debate. So to to give a great example of this, back in the early 4th century, uh, the reason the church called its first council was to quell unrest in the church. The emperor said, this has got to be fixed. Settled. Settled. Because it was literally causing... uh, civil unrest because they couldn't figure out they couldn't decide couldn't settle 
on whether or not Christ was fully human or fully God, or both fully God and fully human. Or whatever point in between they decided to exactly them. right. And so out. and that's that melding of church and state at that one point again. It, it becomes a governance issue well, on right. how people are interpreting something very alien to the American mindset in twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah. But that's exactly what they were facing. And one of the things that people don't realize is that the majority of bishops who contro- then controlled how things were presented in their diocese held. At what we now call a heretical view. They were Arians. They said that Christ was not fully human. Or that he was not divine. He was just, he was just a man who took on the cloak of divinity. And this is something that the power enforced that truth. Yes. But as we know now, that was not the truth. I mean, it was a misinterpretation. Yeah, Arianism is a conflict, a civil conflict, for, for centuries. It is one of the oldest heresies, and it is the longest lasting heresy because it, it is constantly popping up. Comes up all the time. There it, are, it, it ripped Rome apart in, in ways. Yeah. yeah. And it's an interesting thing because that is one that I don't know why that one is, is the most. Uh, maybe it's our desire to, to, be, to have God more relatable to us. Yeah. And so we desire to see the humanity in Christ more so than the than, than divinity. But you cannot separate the two. That's the whole point. I mean that's a whole, yeah. You know, I mean that, you know that's a whole theologian's career. Uh, Council of Nicaea. And very good. That's three twenty-five. Good. Thank you, heathen. Yes. 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 Uh, uh, a plug for the book I'm currently reading, Dominion, by oh, Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. Yeah, you're oh, a big, yes, yes, you're a big yes. fan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a plug again. That's one of the starting points, and this the book is, you know, how do we view everything. All of our structures, even in a in a non-Christian world, are still viewed through Christian lenses. And and settling heresies and Nicaea and all, all are part of this book, and it's really good stuff. And boom, right on top of Nietzsche. I mean, well, yeah, it, it talks it, about that basic it, understanding of we want to have an argument about what's our understanding of God, and it's. It's been an argument since the dawn of time and always will be. And sometimes tempers get to the point where we'll take up arms to take our uh, to make our point made. I mean, the Crusades is just the obvious example. <laughs> There's many others. Yeah. But it's with us even today. We cannot, for some reason, we cannot abide a dissent on certain issues. Uh, we have to destroy the heretic. Well, and that tells you right there. See, this really... While I disagree with with the quote, because truth to me, truth is a truth. There is a capital T truth. Yeah, there, you know? it is. Yeah. It is out there. But that's not the way the world sees it, because we do this all the time. It's the X Files. And the truth is out there. Yes, I'm so, it is. Sorry. Okay. We've never um, mentioned the X Files on air. It just seemed like the appropriate moment. But if you look at how modern, you know, we talk about this all the time. You know, in modern discourse, you must destroy your enemy. Yeah. Because they are evil. And that's part of what this whole thing of trying to understand our relationship with God and what, what all that means and you know what those moral standards are is related to that because it boils down to our understanding of our relationship with God. And that's why I think we are willing to go to, to war over it because it is that important that it, it is literally um, uh, about life or death. It's eternal life or death. It strikes at the very heart of who we are. 
right. as a human. Mm-hmm. And that's why we get so caught up in it. That's right. Yeah, that's and why this, this part of Nietzsche walking away and his faith breaking is this whole, you, you know, that's the point of authority and there, there must be no dissension. Wouldn't it be and nice? He's like, how do you how do you, you do that? A full intellectual fulfilled human when bishop or priest or whatever is telling you, no, you, you can't think for yourself, you have to think the way I think. And that's the 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 tension for him and what for him that would be his words but his wor- it, it, it's, apart. it's bigger than that. It's it's even uh Emperor or president or king yeah. for him or yeah. uh, chancellor perhaps yeah. is probably more in, in his life. But honestly, he's, Kaiser, he's coming late to the party in this argument. That's very well put. You're yeah. right. Yeah, because by the time he's coming to this, all that's passed. Yeah. You don't have to be. You, you don't have to believe what the state religion is. That was decided in 1648. Yeah. Legally, you could not force your subjects. Yeah. To be your faith. You could allow others. You could have a state religion in sixteen forty the Peace of Westphalia. Yeah. So and by the time we get to the late eighteen hundreds, it's a fait accompli. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he's in a way he's railing against something that is not even a real issue anymore. Yeah. Well, which is, but he's become unemployable. Well, now that's that's a different so, thing. Nobody I likes him that, anymore. That's what yeah. he you know. That, so he's anyway. But I think that's a different thing, though. We want to get to past the little Debbies before you get to oh, yours. Yes, yes. Oh, what do we have here? Oh, jelly cream pies. Oh, jelly really? Yes, pies. Martin, you brought those this Love time. It. I hadn't Love even them. looked in the bag. My goodness. So, Robert, uh, go ahead, brother. Well, yeah, hammer time. Do, 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 do. So this will be a little bit more tongue in cheek than what well. we are used to. From good, me. good humor is always in in fashion, sir. So since we are doing uh, Nietzsche quotes, and I said this is not going to be a quote from Nietzsche; it's about Nietzsche. Okay. About, oh yes, this is going to be good. Then. Wrap it all up. Bring it home. So, and this kind of sums up my whole view on Nietzsche. You know, it's the whole graffiti on the wall. God is dead, Nietzsche. And below that, Nietzsche is dead. God. Oh. Which to me, because again, as a man of faith, yes. and though I don't I do not live it as well as I ought, Who I does? try. Yeah, no nobody lives it as well as I Yeah, well. A recognition um, that we were all fallen creatures. Yeah, that's the first step. <clears throat> it's it, it's like a twelve step program. You have to, you know, be able to stand up there and say, Yes, I am an al- alcoholic. Yes, I am a sinner. Um God has the final say no matter what. Mm-hmm. And you know he can rail against a, a, a Christian or any religious or any uh, universal standard and moral uh, code, but no matter what, I don't think he makes it convince. I don't think there is any any kind of convincing argument or any kind of convincing um, theory that he puts forth. And any of the granted, I'm not perfectly read on him, but I have never seen anything from this school of thought that comes anywhere anywhere near convincing me that like, yeah, you may have a point. Because if I follow it to its logical conclusion, then nothing makes sense, nothing matters, and literally, if I decide that the best version of me is to be a serial killer, then who's to say that's wrong? Yeah. It turns a human into a tyrant easily. Into a what? Into a tyrant. Yeah, it turns you into a tyrant or a slave to your own instincts. 
Yeah. Because as we talked about the last show, he, uh, he's a believer in predestination, which ha- the only way you can follow that as a non-religious believer is that you're a slave to your instincts. That no, yeah. Everything that is presented to you, you yeah. do just because I mean, that is your animal instinct. Yeah, you're programmed. You're, you that, are pre-programmed for whatever yeah, reason that, through whatever methods. That's why he's pushing people to overcome. That's, you know, the, when you have the will to power, you must be better than your baser instincts. You must build a new moral system. And how is that not rationalism? But, but you're right. There's still a gap. There's still a hole in that. Yeah. And it's, it makes it a struggle to, to figure out. And um, you can't say that just because, you know, Christianity says that murder is bad that I have to reject that. You can, if you say that, it's like, well, then what do you base that on? Why do you say that murder is bad? Like, well, it's harming somebody else. Well, why is that bad? Yeah. You know, From a Nietzschean perspective, then, you know, he considers the source, if the source is tainted, everything that comes from the source is tainted. And that's a fallacy. Yeah. You know, and even even his the people that worked with him, again, his health prevented him from doing a lot of writing. So he had secretaries and, you know, this view of there's the Ubermensch and then there's superfluous people. Untermensch. Yeah. And, and even his secretary challenges him. Hey, even the superfluous people have a have a purpose. You know, right. they're, oh. they're, they they do things that make the world possible. Even if you strip yourself down to very few needs, you still have needs. It, and some uh, someone, not magic, someone is fulfilling those needs, and they're they're needed. Now that that's a little bit of a utilitarian view. On I was going to say it's a little John Stuart Mill. Yeah, but still, then you say, oh, okay. If you can make that jump, then from a person has value because of what they provide to a person has value because they are, then maybe that's you're building that new system, that new moral system, that new value system. But what gives a person? Value Again, for, right. from, just from existing. There's Why is existence important? If it's an accident of birth or an accident of the cosmos, if there is no God. If there is no universal good or universal bad, if there's nothing that says, if this, if there's nothing that is universally true for you to rebel against, well, it's not rebellion then, but right, it, it's it, to me. Is he's so depressing because he takes away all meaning. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's like those miserable songs. So, so depressing. depressing. Um, when you take away a higher truth, you take away the meaning of everyday life. To me, that is an inescapable fact. Right. It's like what I mentioned. You know, you you can study behavior, and you can. It's like, okay, well, but all turtles act the same, basically. Their behavior, once you catalog the behavior of turtles or doves or iguanas or whatever, you catalog it. But cataloging human behavior and using Darwinian observation of animals as a, as a guide to figure out human behavior, that's, that's empty. Yeah. That's, that, that doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah, and... and- at least at one time, I don't know if this is true, how he thought for his entire life, but he thought that, and I think I mentioned this last week in the episode, that once the last uh, sentient being has gone from the planet, it doesn't matter. 
that there was no purpose to it all, there's no meaning to it. But what he's missing is the difference between the turtle and man, or even a turtle and you know animals that we do recognize as having uh, higher cognizant functions. You know, I go with the dog. You mentioned the chimp last time. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have choices that we can make. The higher the animal, the more sentient, the more fully human you are, the more able you are to make those decisions. And the more able you are to make those decisions, the more I think that reflects the higher truth that he rejects. Because that's part and parcel of being made in the image and likeness of God, is being able to choose, Mm -hmm. to be able to act, that will to power. Right. You know, that comes from somewhere. Turtle doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you're right. Again, if if you're making a distinction that some people have more value than others because of their intellectual whatever, down that road is you're a tyrant. Yeah. It's even even worse than that. Ultimately, you will destroy that which is not you. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Or it's how you slavery. Get slavery. That's yes. a, I'm glad you said that. Exactly well, that's right. how you get to the Holocaust. It's, it's exactly the same path. I mean, yeah. If you dehumanize, if yeah. once you tie value, because that's very Nietzschean. Nietzsche is all about value. Once you tie yeah. value to production, then all sorts of human beings become disposable very quickly. Yeah, uh, abortion is just an obvious yeah. one. I mean, Slavery you, is just you, an obvious one. Yeah, when you smash Nietzsche and John Stuart Mill together, you end up at Nazism and the Holocaust and six million dead Jews. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. as much as there is to admire here, and as as much as it helps me, you know these little aphorisms. Yeah. You're right. You can't take them too far. Well, yeah, exactly. There, well, there's you, a there's a path down the end of that. That's well, you have, to, you have to do him a, 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 the service. If you if you look at his aphor, aphorisms, aphorisms for something good, you have to do what he says, you know, which is to, this is my perspective on it. So take make it, it, it your own. So, because that's a human truth. Yes. That's not a universal truth. That's right. Which so he, a human truth, I can more easily do that. Yeah, I but, can make that my own. I but, can't make universal truth my yeah. own. He was very clear. He didn't think that there was such a thing as universal truth. Right. That's and, my point. And that's right. Yeah, and that's all, why it's everything It's all perspective. Is, and again, it, it helps me make sense of the world, but understand that there's a limitation to that well, I, I still like Robert's way of going about this. Carry the, the thing to its logical conclusion. And nobody likes where that ends. You just can't. Yeah. 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 Well, and the only people who do are the ones that already have power. Well, that's correct. You know, those, you know, what was the golden rule? Those who have the gold makes the rules. Yeah. Like they say, you know, that perversion of the true golden rule. Yeah, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Power corrupts, which we've talked about that many times. It's Orwellian. Uh, I mean, Nietzsche to Orwell is not a far leap. No, not at all. So... This has been a depressing episode. Gentlemen. I didn't mean for it to be. I don't think it's a depressing episode. Please, I think it's make me feel better. No, I, I you know, because to me, no, no, I mean, Robert reasserted the primacy of the decency. Well, that's correct. That's and, right. And the value of the human person. Yeah. Right. So you can't be depressed. After Nietzsche that. is worth knowing and understanding because, if only for the reason of, we don't want to be like that. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think we've talked about this before. If you get rid of the things that make you uncomfortable. You are not only doing yourself a disservice, you are doing future generations a disservice right. because they will not learn from the mistakes of the past. That's right. They don't realize these things are bad. 
Exactly. They won't have the example to say, ooh, that's disgusting. Very Nietzschean, which we use that in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I recognize he has yeah, things to say that are of value. Yeah. Destruction of the past is Orwellian. And yeah. So. But as you were saying, it, you can't take it to that logical conclusion. You have to take what makes sense and make that fit into the larger truth. Because temper, again... Temperate was something human. Yeah. Temper. I like that word. That's a very good word. You know, his one of his books is called Human All Too Human. And it's important to remember that end of it. You know, be, well be human. Be a decent human. I think you brought us all around full circle there. <laughs> well, I mean, know, it's kind of Lego movie, but that's, you know, it's great stuff. Well, you be, know, a, be a decent human. Be a decent human. You know, I, I've said this before, and I, I would never say this to parishioners, but... Uh, so if any of them li- are listening, they recognize my voice. You know, this is not in my, my official capacity. But the gospel can be boiled down to in its crudest form. You know, don't be a dick to each other. You've said that before. Yeah, it, it, it does work. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, you know, that's not the whole message. It's negatively phrased. That's correct. But that's okay. But, I mean, it, but our interactions with one another. And, and you know, maybe that's the thing that, that uh, maybe is his biggest flaw is that he doesn't recognize the need for the interactions with one another. To just be... Yeah, because he, he was very isolated. I mean, he's a professor, and then he's ill, and he doesn't work. The individualistic he writes, approach. He, he has a very small circle. Uh, Paul Ree, uh, he kind of breaks with Wagner. Um, you know, he, he asks a woman to marry him three times, and she says no, and... There's a lot of Most weirdness. Most of us would give up after the first you know, a lot of weirdness. And and he just he has kind of a small circle mm-hmm. and and his illnesses make him isolated. And again, once he really gets uh, into his forties, then you know, he's in the care of his mother and he stops writing, so Yeah, I yeah, I think it just struck me at the end. I think that is the, the biggest problem is it's all out of context of the relationship. relationship. You guys know. Oh, that's very well put. The relationships. Yes, very well put. Yes, you're exactly right. We are made for relationships. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this one up, guys. That was very good stuff. Two Nietzsche's and an anti Nietzsche. (laughs) So I do recognize the. It sounds like the beginning of a joke. Two Nietzsche's and one anti Nietzsche (laughs) walking to a bar. Yeah. So, Francis, buddy, what is on tap for next time? Well, we're going to go back to a heroes uh, episode, and this is one. Yeah. Martin is, not sorry, Robert is over here is just kind of grinning like he swallowed the canary because this is one of his uh, issues, one of his people. When will you make an end, says he. And he says, when I'm finished. That's right. We're going, I'm surprised it took us so long to get here, actually. But we're going to talk about, we love art. You know this. Who is perhaps the greatest artist of all time? Arguably, it's Michelangelo. We're going to talk about the man, the legend, the way of life, the artistic genius of this yeah. individual and how we have how it's come down to us from the ages Michelangelo Bonarotti he is one of the greatest as we all know and we're going to talk a lot about him go deep with him next next episode don't miss us thanks for being with us here every week at snakes and otters a pointless discussion of eternal questions be sure to spread the word on your social media accounts follow us and retweet us we are on Instagram and on Twitter at Snakes and Otters. Let your friends know that they can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. 
Just search Snakes and Otters Podcast to find us. And please, remember to leave us your comments and reviews. It helps people find us. And you can always send us an email at snakesandotterspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Catch us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.